day, everyone. My name is Victor Young, and I am your host, the Daily Life Coach. Thank you for joining me today. We've got a fantastic episode, and it's entitled, Distractions Can Destroy You. Let's get started. Today's episode is entitled, Distractions Can Destroy You. But I'd like to throw that disclaimer out there once again. If you let them, by design, distractions really aren't designed to destroy you. They just, they can if you give them that power and ability to affect you, influence you at the most unopportune time. As usual, you know, you know me, people. I like to give you guys a definition so you understand exactly where we're going before we get started. So today is not going to be any different. I'm going to give you a couple examples of how distractions can affect you. Are you ready now? Let us proceed. I think we've all had this happen to us at some point. All of us drivers, we're driving along. Life is great. A little music going in the background. Something mellow. Nice ride music. You know, 80 beats per minute. We're just bopping along down the road. And then all of a sudden that passenger lets out that dreaded squeal, that scream. That just completely resets our brain for a moment. And we look up at this person and they point to a turtle. Oh my gosh, the turtle almost ran in the road. Okay, last I checked, turtles don't run. Not at a high speed, at least. And the problem is this. While you were having a conversation about this really fast turtle that almost ran on the road that they screamed about, you take your eyes off the road, and next thing you know, mayhem takes over. And the next thing you know, you're rear-ending someone. Classic spousal distraction disorder. Example number two. That's not good enough. We're going to give you another example. I just want to throw that one out there for all the people who have those passenger drivers that are pushing the ghost pedals on the floor and reaching for steering wheels on the dashboard in the glove box area. Here's a, here's a real world, real world example of a distraction. I'm working at some uh, car rental operation. Great folks down at our local car rental operations. They take good care of us, have our cars ready, gassed up. Cleaned and ready to go, right? But there's this, always that one guy that hops off his flight in Atlanta and he's all upset because it's Atlanta, right? You fly through Atlanta, you're going to be delayed at some point. He runs over to the rental car guy and he's like, uh, I need my car right now. And the nice girl says to him, or guy, sir, we're just wiping your car down. It'll be right up in one second. And he's like, I need it now. I need my car. I must go. I am very important. I am ready to go. And they rush. And they bring the car around. And it's still dripping. And they're trying to wipe it off. And he's throwing his things in. And, and he's just like, be gone. I must go. I'm important. They were distracted. They didn't really get to check the car out. They didn't get to walk around the car, look for dents, dings, scratches. Was the car empty, unfueled? They were just trying to turn it around to meet this guy's expectation. They became completely distracted by trying to meet an expectation. What's next? Well, this is a real story. I've seen this happen. I didn't see it personally. I've heard about it. Customer drives away. Next thing you know, a couple hours later, they pull up with the news truck with them. They stop out front. They hop out. And they, they have a big black baggie. Like a hefty size Ziploc. 
and it's full of illegal substances, whatever it could be. And instead of this person calling back their rental car agency, they say, I was given a vehicle that had illegal substances in it, and it was threatening to my life. This is the same guy that distracted you and said, I need my car now. I've got to get out of here now. And you didn't go through your checklist. You didn't wipe the car down. You didn't finish checking it for trash or items or leftover goodies from the last guy who rented it. You were so distracted by this individual's behavior that you deviated from the process, created a distraction, and next thing you know, this guy's back with a news crew saying, this rental car company gave me a car that was improperly inspected, and he put my life in jeopardy with a bag of illegal substances. And you're thinking, why didn't this guy call us? We would have told him to call the police and do all the proper things. Instead, he brings the news back to set up a camera out front. Scary, right? It's terrifying. Distracted. I'm going to give you one last one. You know, guys like to go to the gun range and shoot a couple rounds every now and again. Get the old adrenaline going. Get a new gun. Go to the range. Set up. Put your eyes and ears on. Look around left and right. Yeah. All right. What is he shooting? He's got a nine. Okay. I've got my 45. I'm going to show him how to do it today. You're feeling really good. Beautiful gun. Beautiful weapon. Nickel plated. Got some engraving on it. Send your target down. And you shoot a few rounds off. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. You put a fresh magazine in it. You fire a few more rounds. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. Bang. You feel a vibration. It's your cell phone. Set your weapon down. You notice it's your girlfriend. And you're like, oh, I'm going to send her a selfie. Hmm. You proceed to pick up your weapon because you thought you discharged all your rounds, right? Yeah, I thought I did. Pretty sure I did. Take a picture, selfie it up. Eh, I don't like that angle. Let me try another one. Next thing you know, you got the ranger coming down going, what in the heck are you doing? Get the barrel of that gun downrange. Put your camera down. And as you're putting the camera down, you plexico yourself. Boom, your Plexicode, right in the range. Sorry, Plexico, I just had to use you for an example today. That's how simple a distraction can take place and something serious can happen. Now that we've established how dangerous distractions can be, let's move forward. So last week, if you were following some of my positivity posts that I put out through the week, you probably saw this one where it said uh, 80% of what you see and here, on a daily basis, is negative. So act upon and retain the 20%. Let me give that to you one more time. 80% of what you see and hear on a daily basis is negative. So act upon and retain the 20%. Just a simple little post. You know, one of my little daily life coach posts. Give by a little inspiration, include myself. You know, we need that. So I started getting likes and shares and all right cool trending it's pretty good stuff it's positive i feel good about it made me really focus in on the positive change i could make in that day and then all of a sudden it happened i get that one post right 
nice gentleman. I'm not going to say anything bad about the guy. I mean, he was standing up for what he thought was right. And he basically said, while you're looking at all this positivity, you're just forgetting about all the tyranny that exists in the world. The mayhem. Look at it. Look at the horror, Victor. Don't turn your back on the tyranny. And I thought about it. Because the first thing you think is, who is this internet troll who has sent me this message? But I, I did a little research on the guy. I looked, pulled him up. Looked at his background on LinkedIn. And he was a good guy. Seems to have a good background. Nice enough guy. So I thought about it. And I said, I want to respond, but I want to make sure I don't respond out of my emotions. Which I have very few of. <laughs> so, you know, I was in a good place. So I responded because I do like to respond to individuals who give me feedback, good, bad, or indifferent. I like to respond. It's just the polite thing to do. And my response was pretty much, I'll paraphrase it, I can't turn my back on anyone because I'm too busy helping people, empowering people, and changing lives. And the reason I said that is because it's true. Every single day I wake up, I have to make a decision. Will I focus on the tyranny? And trust me, I've seen tyranny in my life. I have personally fought tyranny, Saurus, Rex. Get it? Tyrannosaurus Rex, tyranny. Tyranny, Saurus, Rex. All right, it'll sink in later. But really, I have been there, people. I get it. But just because I've had a few fight nights with Tyrannosaurus Rex doesn't mean that I'm going to focus all of my energy, talents, treasures, mentoring on the tyranny. Because that's how a distraction works. When you wake up in the morning, instead of you focusing on being the best version of yourself, being productive, being efficient, being a part of this new world of efficiency, innovation, the new world of now. I decide to not participate. I decide I will gaze into the eyes of the distraction. And that's how I start my day. I start my day feeling the hurt and the negativity and the bad energy that exists every single day. A hurt, a pain, a darkness that we will never extinguish. I decide to look away from everything else that I can do, influence and change, and look into the darkness, look into the eyes of tyranny. Where do you think my day is going from there? Don't get me wrong. I mean, everyone likes their fair share of good tweets and breaking news and the ticker at the bottom of the page. We, 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 we can't look away. But at the same time, if we make that our focus on a daily basis, that becomes our legacy. Processing darkness and pain and hurt. Now, what do I do? Because I am one of those idealists. I'm one of these people that I want to save the world. I wish I had superpowers. Technically, I kind of do. But I don't want to show off. I'm a pretty humble guy. I want to change the world, but I know I can't change the world by wrestling with darkness. 
that is designed to distract me and mitigate the amount of individuals that I can influence, that I can empower, that I can mentor, coach, train, motivate, inspire. Because you can't fill your vessel with the darkness and think you're going to pour out this amazing light. It just doesn't happen that way. So there's an organization that is designed to help people in need. And there's several of them like this and principles. They're, they're pillars. Their mission is to help people. And they show up in a time of need and they protest and they scream and they hold signs. And I guess if that's all you've got, then bring it. It's, it's one of those things of uh, bring what you have to the storehouse. It's like tithing. If you got a dollar, give 10 cents. It's okay. If you got a million dollars, give 100,000. Help somebody with that 10% tithe, right? So I believe in scaling principles. But at the same time, if you have more to give than just talk and a sign with a name, then you give that. We cannot oppose tyranny and injustices with screaming and post and talking. And I'll tell you why. Because at the end of the day, if you're unable to create change, to create wealth, to create opportunities, to put food on someone's table, to remove them from the very environment that is oppressing, destroying, terrorizing, whatever it may be, how can you help this individual? If you're unable to provide a resource this individual can benefit from, training, coaching, education, a skill, a referral, a pillow under their head, if you're unable to provide anything except for conversation, are you really making change? You may give someone comfort in a moment, and don't get me wrong. There's a certain comfort that comes along with talk and in a moment when someone just needs an ear or in that moment that person just needs a hug or that person just needs someone to stand next to them. I get that part of it. And that has to occur too. We're humans. We're people. I'm not a robot, people. But at the same time, if that's all that we have to offer is conversation, anyone who's running an organization right now, if your rudder is broken, you're like a ship just drifting throughout the sea, and you don't have an initiative, you don't have a secret sauce, you don't have any power to create change, go get you some power. You need to listen to Powered Up coming soon. Oh, I'm hosting that show as well. Check it out, it's for you. But seriously, if, you, if you're unable to create change and deliver someone from tyranny, from fear, from oppression, from whatever it is, then you can't criticize someone else who's trying to be positive. Because the only hope that individual may have is that positivity, that 20%, that light 
that's what makes them get up in the morning. And I understand there's so many positive podcasts and individuals that are internet gurus. I get it. Plagiarizers and perpetrators and what else rhymes with a P that I can throw in there? I can't use any of those. Anyway, there's a lot of people out there that I get it. They don't have the experience and they're just regurgitating lines they've heard somewhere else before. And it can be frustrating. But at the same time, without hope, people perish. We must do better to provide an environment to provide true help to individuals in time of need. Being that person who agrees with someone who's down and in a dark place and continue to allow that person to succumb to their distractions without providing them options, without providing them direction, it's not good. Am I your friend if we work together and every single day I come to you and you've got a new job, your new manager, your new supervisor, whatever it may be, and every day at lunch I come to you with negativity? Guess what Sally said about you? She hates your guts. Mark says you're the worst leader ever. Jimmy says your car smells like Fritos. Everyone hates you here. Oh my gosh. Am I helping you? I am not helping you. I am speeding up your demise. And unfortunately, individuals that deliver the mail in this way, they actually feel like they're being a friend. You are also a distraction. If you're really for this person, you would help them to look past all the negativity. See straight through the distractions, the hurdles, the roadblocks, all the things that are designed to make individuals fail. And you would allow this individual to have x-ray vision and see success, efficiencies, their allies, positive relationships. You'd show them the reports they need to see so they know their hard work is paying off. It's just a matter of time. You would encourage this individual and offer your time, study after work, meet him at the coffee shop, bring him in a something, a pet rock, and put their name on it that says boss or supervisor that says you're the greatest, not everyone here hates you, and I'm your only friend. See, the funny thing about distractions, distractions are normally powerless until you give them power. Once they can take you away from your keen focus, your mission, your vision, your strategy, your positive energy base, once you're distracted and pulled away from your core, now you become subject to anything that comes your way. Imagine walking down 50th and Midtown, Manhattan. Light's about to change. Someone screams your name. You turn around for a quick second. You don't make eye contact with that cabbie. And next thing you know, you're on a hood of a car. Because you walked out 
He wasn't looking for you and you were looking back at something else. You're on final as a pilot. Coming into ground effect, you're flaring the aircraft. Someone screams. That's not the time to lose focus. You've got to fly that aircraft. Clearly active runway. And then you can go back and find out what the heck's going on. Distractions occur at the least opportune time. And if we don't expect a distraction to occur at that time, they can really hurt us. Last thing is this. Once we realize individuals are purposely distracting us to wear down that time, the luxury of time that we have, because there's always an hourglass running in the professional world. Individuals cannot get you fired. They cannot influence whether you work hard or not. But what they can do is distract you and put you in a position that you're disadvantaged. And unfortunately, most of the time when we are behind the eight ball, those distractions now are powered. Those distractions are now weaponized and they become a real threat and not just a distraction. But 99% of the time, the only individual who can give life and power to a distraction is ourselves. Now, are there times that a tree is falling in the woods? I know you guys just run through the woods all the time, I'm sure. And someone screams your name to duck. Fred, watch that tree. Fred, it's falling. Yeah, you listen to that. It's not a distraction. That's a pretty much it's a clear warning. But other than Fred warning you before that tree falls on you in the woods, because we all, I'm sure every day on the way to work, walk through the woods. We must become very aware and very careful of how we allow distractions to influence us. So, in a nutshell, I don't know why people put things in nutshells still. It's just so weird to me. I was trying to put something in a little peanut shell the other day, and it just so awkward. In a nutshell, 80% of what you see and hear on a daily basis is negative. So act upon and retain the 20%. That does not mean that you run from obligations, that you run from your organizations, that you stick your head in the sand and you don't communicate and lift up the people in need. That just means the way that you do it should happen in the most positive way possible. Whether it's providing legal counsel for an individual or professional counsel or upgrading a software or computer system, giving advice, maintaining your composure when you need to, to be an example to someone, whatever it may be, you do what you got to do to help others. That's what we do. But just do it in a way that's positive. Thank you for joining me. Episode 32 of the Daily Life Coach. Check us out daily for quotes, post encouragement, positivity. And we will be showing a scrimmage between Victor Young, the Daily Life Coach, and the dreaded Tyranosaurus Rex. Have a great day, everyone. And remember, live fearless. Thank you.